0: Welcome to the Grace Point Community Church Podcast Network. My name is Joey Butch. I'm the senior pastor at Grace Point Community Church. I'd like to welcome you to our sermon series. Every Monday, we try to get out the message from the Sunday before in podcast format so that you can listen to it if you couldn't make it to church Sunday or watch on the live stream or maybe listen to it again throughout your week or send it to one of your friends or someone that you think uh, it might help throughout the week. We just want to engage as much as we can with the message and the Word of God to see how He's going to change lives. This week, I preached, continued the sermon series on building, and we talked about how God has chosen us to be where His Spirit dwells and what that means for us, the implications it has for what we do and what we think about and how we spend our time and just what He's calling us to do in general. So I'm excited for you to hear this one this week, so let's jump right into it. Hey, we get to do something fun this morning that, um, I've never officially done. This will be my, um, yeah, we're taking in members, which is pretty awesome. So there's going to be eight of them. Um, so here we go. If I read your name, don't leave me hanging. Um, uh, everybody, no one comes up. That'd be hilarious right there. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a good joke. Uh, Ben Speakman, Wade and Ginger Ross, Don Day. Yes. Don Day. Uh, Caleb Fleurledge, uh, Wanda Sorrell or Sorrell. Sorry. I messed up and Gabby Lester. If you guys are here, come on up. Um, right, this area. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You guys can be excited about. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Wade's got to go through the class again. We got to Wade missed the humility part of the class. But no. <laughs> um, hey, it is good. As you can tell, we're we're excited. We're really excited about taking new members in. Uh, this is. I'm actually, I have the manual out, you guys. It's not often that I bring this thing onto the platform, but uh, it has every, if you want to know what we believe as a Nazarene church, you can borrow this whenever you want. It'll t- tell you exactly what you can just ask me or sit through the membership class. That'd be even cooler. Um, and where's James? I'll call James. Yeah, James, you come up here too because they're making you official right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was born into the church, but, but um, now he's of age and can, you know, choose. And he's, well, he's choosing right. He's standing right next to a friend he invited. Also becoming a member, so I think that's pretty cool. We have people, yeah, you can clap for that, yeah. I'll I'll brag on my niece too, I mean, Gabby is here because little Bailey, a kid, a little kid invites somebody to church. Kids can save people, I'm just saying, kids can be involved in that, that's real, that happens. Um, all right, I, I'll digress. I'm really excited for all of you to become members, taking that step up um going forward and i'll be looking for you to take the step up by the way too so this is all joyful right now and later i'll ask you to like do stuff and you'll be like oh man i have to do that now because i'm a member but the privileges and blessings that we have here in community together in the church of jesus christ are sacred and precious there is in it such hallowed fellowship care and counsel as cannot otherwise be known apart from the family of god something special happens when a church loves jesus and loves its people there is the godly care of pastors with the teaching of the Word and the inspiration of corporate worship. There is the cooperation and service accomplishing that which cannot otherwise be done. We can do a lot more together than we can separate. Hmm. Today we affirm again the doctrines and practices of the church. We believe in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that, the human, beings, that human beings are born in sin and that they need the work of forgiveness through Christ and the new birth by the Holy Spirit, that subsequent to this there is a deeper work of heart cleansing or entire sanctification, as you might hear us say, through the infilling, infilling of the Holy Spirit, and that to each of these works of grace the Holy Spirit gives witness. We believe that. We believe that our Lord will return one day. We believe that our Lord will return one day, don't we, church? And that the dead will be raised and that all shall come to final judgment with its rewards and punishments. Do you heartedly believe these truths? Yeah. Yeah. That's just for these guys up here.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> do you heartedly believe these truths? Yeah. If so, answer, I do. I, do, I do. That was unanimous. Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and do you believe that He saves you now? If So answer, I do. I do. Wonderful. Yeah. Desiring to unite with the church of the Nazarene, do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? and your neighbor as yourself, as expressed by the covenant of Christian character and conduct. That's in this book here, but we talk about it every Sunday morning. Do you love God? Do you love people? Do you want to bring them together? If so, answer, I will. will. I'm going to add something into here, a couple things. Um, And Can you guys turn around now for me? I know, that's that's creepy. I know, I'm sorry, you have to look at everybody now. This is for the congregation. Uh, Do you guys, do you pledge to support, I know you've supported them already if you know them for a while, but as, as members, do you pledge to have each other's back and to be willing to have the difficult conversation if necessary? Yeah, Give me a nod if you believe that. And yeah, you can clap for that as well. That's totally fine. So I wanted you guys to turn back around now. I wanted you to see that because I want you to take a little mental snapshot of that. If, if there's anyone, in, and Pastor Scott has this thing that he reads about it, but I, I can paraphrase it for you. If there's any time that there's an issue that you have with another person in the church, uh, we say all the time, conflict is the price we pay for the deepening of a relationship. Please, we talked about this in the class too, and this is a great reminder for the rest of the church as well. We are, are, are better when conflict is resolved in a godly manner than when we let open wounds fester and, and kill and separate and divide the church. And so if you have someone that wrongs you, uh, go to them and talk to them about that. And if you need a third-party mediator, come to me or another staff member. And the flip side is true too. If you happen to be the person wronging someone... Don't be surprised if we confront you about that. And confrontation's gotten a—it's gotten a bad rap because if you do it the wrong way, it does cause more pain. But if if conflict is done right and in the will of God, then we're only going to grow from that. And so I'm awesome. I'm so excited to uh, have you guys join us in membership. And you've done everything you need to do now, so you're members now. So if you guys want to clap for them while they're heading back, thank you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That, that's a cool class right there coming in because we have all the way from James and growing up in the church and we had a couple people who had just joined up in November, October and then Don Day who I learned his whole story and he came up to me about a year ago or not. Yeah, it was now, I guess. And he said, Hey, I think I should become a member of the church. I said, Don, I'm pretty sure you're a member of the church. And he's like, no, man, I'm really not. And so, uh, here we take that. And so we talked about that and, Uh, Hey, now you are, Don, all the way over there. I want you to know, when I walk up over here, I'm just doing that because I want to see you guys, all right? (laughs) I know where you are. That's exciting. I'm thrilled by that. That That is a wonderful thing. If you were signed up for membership class, but you accidentally forgot that we had it this morning, I already know it happened to two people. We'll have another one pretty soon, so just hang out. It'll be fine. Those clipboards will go back around before the summer, and we'll do another one. And if we really need them, we'll do them every week if we have to. That would be, that'd be wonderful. But uh, if, if you know, inviting people to church one-on-one works. I don't know how else to explain it any better. It works. It works. People are introduced to Christ through other people, through Him living through them. And so if you're on the fence about oh, my coworker or my family member or my friend or that random person I just met, if you're on the fence about inviting them or not, just invite them. Worst thing that's going to happen is they show up, (laughs) right? Then we got to deal with them. But that invite people. Would you would you send out the? It matters what's happening. God is moving, and He's good, and He's faithful. And this is not my rock. I don't know who put that. That's right. (laughs) It's not Jimmy's either, but he's going to take it for me. That's not my rock. Yeah, probably one of my kids. Yeah, it's probably one of my kids' rocks. Ooh, don't touch that box. All right, I remember that. Uh, A couple things I want to announce before we start. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this yet. Have you seen this yet? This is Pastor Chuck's book. I'm holding it in the flesh. That's not flat, but in the paper, in the tree. It's right here, you guys. Uh, his book is done, and if you are interested in that, talk to him. Uh, talk to Pastor Chuck. It, it's awesome to see a dream that he saw so long ago actually come through in the physical. So like, just I just like holding it sometimes. I just walk around with it in my hands because it just took so long to get here. But we're excited about that. Uh, I don't want to at all. So I feel like we are, you guys are, you're feeling it this morning. I could hear you singing, the band was on fire. And uh, I don't think what I'm about to talk about here is going to put a damper on that. And if it is, maybe we do need to realize that it's not the same way for everybody everywhere. I don't know if you guys keep up with news. Um, I'm not even talking about uh, spy balloons or UFOs or whatever, because that's kind of dominated our, uh, we built a multi-billion dollar plane, and it, it shot a balloon down. Yeah, it should be able to shoot a balloon down, right? But, um that would be really embarrassing if it couldn't have done that. I'm just saying, that would have been embarrassing. But um, there's a really, really big news story that people are kind of sweeping under the rug that I just wanted to... I'm actually, actually going to pray about it before we start the service. There was an earthquake. I don't know if you guys heard about this in, um, in Turkey. It was a 7.8 magnitude earthquake. That's really big. That, that's a That's a big one. Turkey and Syria. 5.3 million people are estimated to have lost their homes. And so far... The death toll is to twenty four thousand. Thirty eight. I hadn't heard that yet. Thirty eight. It's going to go up significantly. Every day, it's going to go up. That should matter to us. It should. When you read that, it's okay for your heart to break sometimes. And so, I want to open the service. You say oh, that's not a real right way to open a service. Well, sometimes you just have to open up in prayer. Prayer for people. And so uh would you join me as as we pray for for victims from, from that disaster? Lord, thank you so much for thank you so much for your greatness, thank you so much for your abilities, thank you so much for your power. Lord, sometimes it's hard to understand why things happen, why certain things happen certain places to certain people, and and those are answers we could chase forever and never find. I pray that you would help us not to worry about the answers or or why or how, but that we would just worry about the people involved and that we would be in prayer for those who have lost their homes or lost their loved ones. And if if an avenue to fill a need arises on halfway around the world, Lord, that we would be confident to fill that need, that we would be ready to be not just a church that prays for people, but a church that is also the hands and feet of the Lord. Not that prayer is worth less or anything like that, but that we would just start that venture now in prayer and keep those who are hurting on our mind. Thank you for who you are and for the provisions you're going to pull through to help these people that have been affected by this disaster. And we just we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, they don't live where we live and they might not look like us or they might not even worship the same God we do, but man, they still have an eternal soul, don't they? Thank you, Jenna. So that should matter to us. All right. Let's get into this. I'm excited for this one. Last week was a little special sermon. Uh, last week was about the vision going forward, and we talked about where, where, I, where I feel like God's leading us, and we had these blocks, and I threw some at people. It was pretty cool, and they built a thing here, and then uh, Pastor Chuck Chapman had a great idea. He's like, put them up in the letters. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, but I didn't have enough space in the letters, so there's my extras. Last week was an, was an amazing experience um, I'm really glad that you guys jumped behind that. It, it would have been a pretty dud of a service if I would have tried to lay that out and you all were just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, that might not have been, that might not have been great, but people came up afterward to me talking about how they wanted to be involved and to help out. And, and I'm, I've been hearing from people all week about how they want to get involved. And I want you guys to know that we are taking all volunteers right now. We are accepting all the involvement that we can get because we believe in the mission that God has put us on. Thank you for being such a supporting congregation, staff, board. All of you guys, you make. I, I tell people all the time. I wish I could give new new senior pastors. I wish I'd give them the gift of a congregation this loving and a board this loving and a staff that support this supportive. It. it would be so many more pastors would make it instead of burn out in a year and a half, which is devastating that it happens as often as it does. But everybody likes a good rah-rah speech. You can always talk about the future, and the future, and the future. And what happens with the future if you, don't, um, if you don't execute a vision, the future just keeps becoming the future. The future just keeps becoming the future. And we say someday, someday, someday. And that turns from an actual goal into just a word we use to say never. And we don't want that to happen. We don't want that to happen at all. The best sermons or speeches or songs, they're, they're meant to, to spark... Start this conversation, start this relationship with our Savior that when Jesus gets a hold of us and He takes a little spark that He's provided and He he starts this fire, it's pretty amazing. Sometimes fire can be good. If you're cold in the woods at night, fire's good. Hmm. So let's get to the more difficult part of understanding what it means to be building our lives in Christ this morning. The whole theme for the next month or two is build. What are we building? What are we doing with the time in the efforts and the energies and the materials that God has given us. What are we making? This last week, uh, Friday and Saturday, my, my dad had called me and said, Hey, we need to put some fence posts up around the property. He's got this big property and he's been watching all these YouTube videos about fencing. And so he's get you know, YouTube videos get you excited. And so he said, Let's go drive some fence posts in. Well, they don't tell you in the YouTube video, and there should be a little disclaimer at the bottom, like your back will hurt after you do this. They don't tell you that. You just go and you start driving. you like, this is great. I'm a farmer. I'm, I'm a real man's man. I can drive it. And the next morning you wake up and you're like, oh, my goodness. That, I didn't know that. I had that spot on my body. Like, that hurts so bad. So the, I'm, I'm feeling it. I, I, the weird part was today, this morning, my uh, my knuckles hurt. You guys, that's I've never had my knuckles hurt from work. And it was from that fence post driver. It just shakes your hands so much. And the... the I'm sorry, I'm complaining too much here. But here's something cool, though. Uh, this is great about the property. I'm sure Dad knew about it when we got it. Uh, rocks everywhere. Big old rocks everywhere. And the only way to get through if you're digging a hole for a post is to, Dad's got a big metal pole, and you just hit it over and over and over and over and over, and then over again. And then sometimes you break through, and other times you can't, and you have to start a new hole. And that's really embarrassing. But here's something that's cool. Once those posts get in there, there's all that rock there. Uh, it's not going anywhere. You couldn't pull that thing back out if you had a truck. I'm serious. It'd pull your bumper off. It's not going anywhere. The, the physical labor is, is more difficult to do it the right way. But when it's in the correct foundation, when the work is done in the right manner with the right goal in mind, all of a sudden something really strong and sturdy is there. Amen. And that's true for fence posts, and that's also true for the church. It's true, and how how we build matters and how we allow God to build in our life matters. If we build on a weak foundation, we shouldn't be surprised when there's collapse. But when we build on the Word of God and His strength and His power, we shouldn't be surprised when the church flourishes. Last week, I I took my wife on a date night. It's been a while since we've done that. I know, it was great. Whoever gave us the Outback gift card, thank you. Um, It covered the whole meal. That was awesome. Thank you for that. because we, we split a steak, because we don't need we don't need a whole steak for both of us. Are you kidding me? Sixteen ounces of steak. Oh, it was so good. After we, well, I won't say that part, but uh, it was a really good time. We went to we went out, got some food, fancy food. That's fancy for us, by the way. Some of you are like, oh, Outback. That's well, hey, okay, get us some more Outback gift cards in if you think that's McDonald's food. But uh, then we went we went afterward into Cincinnati. Um, it, yeah, for, I almost forgot how to cross the river once we moved to Dry Ridge, but Cincinnati's still there. And we went in and we, we saw a, now Christina didn't notice at the time, it was surprised. It was a string quartet in this old building, uh, old church, that was, they only lit by candlelight. That was it. There was no artificial light. They turned the candles on. They didn't have flames. I guess OSHA, whatever. So they were the fake candles, you know. But uh, that's all they had, these four, it was two violins, a viola, and, uh, and a cello. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. They filled the whole room. We walk into this place and I hadn't seen it before and it's a church that was a Catholic church built in the 1800s. And you walk in and it was a church until 1970. And then they sold it. It stayed it laid there for a while in disrepair and they sold it. It got turned into a bell and clock um, museum, which is pretty cool. And then they sold it to be an event center, so that's where we ended up. And I looked up and this building is just magnificent. I mean, see, the ceilings are so tall, you have to do this to see it. like you can't just Look up, you have to crank your head back and just these ornate not I almost said drawings, that would have been uh, disrespectful paintings and artwork everywhere and there's like little uh, little sculptures in the columns and everything. like so much time was spent on every bit of this building. It was gorgeous. I don't want to know how much wood was in the altar. Just forests had to give their lives for that thing. It was miraculous. It really was to think that human it was a marvel of human achievement. It, it was. You look at it and you think, oh my goodness, how could they have done this in the 1800s? Yeah. How could they have done that? And we were sitting there in that venue and the strings were, they were gently playing and and and, and this, this realization kind of crossed my mind and it sparked this whole sermon actually. So I got my phone out, it was dark and my phone just like a spotlight, you know, everybody's probably mad at me and I'm like, sorry guys, sermon, <laughs> got it. <laughs> Working on date night, right? I apologize. But when the sermon hits, the sermon hits. That's when you have to write it down. That's just how it works. And so I pulled, I pulled my phone out, and I'm trying, I immediately like dropped the bright brightness. Even the lowest brightness was way too bright. I, started, I wrote down a sentence, and it was just, I get it. And I've, I, before, I don't know why, but before I always saw these buildings, and I didn't understand it, and I wrote down, I get it. I get what the people were trying to do. They were trying to show their love and dedication and faith to their God. They were trying to put so much effort and attention to something to show people that this is different than everything else. And I get that. I understand why they did that. But then, before I could put my phone away, another thought hit me. And so, um, I'm that guy at the movie theater with my phone out. And it looks like I'm texting, but I'm not. I'm doing the Lord's work, you know, so people could cut me some slack. And the next line I thought was, but they just missed the point. I get it. I get how you could get to that point. I get how you could almost think that that was enough. But they just came up short. Just came up short. So follow me here if you will. I'm not saying anything bad about buildings. They're, some of those buildings are gorgeous. They really are. I can respect that just as much as anybody else. I love history. I love seeing how much effort, how people did those things. But... I'm telling you when it comes to a church, when it comes to doing God's work, it's not about how ornate your building is, or today we don't say ornate, we say big and modern. <laughs> they, we do the same thing today just with a different fashion, a different, a different style, you know, it's the same exact thing, it might not have a steeple on it, but it lo- it, you know what a church looks like when they build the big ones. I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm not even saying that we shouldn't build physical buildings. If you were here last week, I said the exact opposite of that. That's totally fine to have that as a goal. I'm saying you lose sight when the building becomes the only way that you worship. The building wasn't the problem. The building was a symptom of the problem. The building was a symptom of the problem that I can work hard enough, I can do enough to show enough of my faith to God that He will accept me in. And that's just not how it works. People get trapped in that relationship with a physical building, and we relate that to God's love for us and how much we love Him back. And that isn't the case. Now, this is not, um, I don't want you to go run through the wall and go, it's just a building. Uh, <laughs> no, and you're going to have to fix the drywall, and uh, that's not cool. I'm not saying don't respect what God has given us and don't use it and be a good steward of it. I'm not saying that at all. But if everything that we do, I told the the... Uh, leadership team as we were meeting in there before I told them, if everything that we're doing isn't based on what Christ is doing in our individual lives and building us into what we're doing as, our, as a church, then, then it doesn't matter. The building doesn't matter the, if we could meet in a tent for all that matters. And if God wanted to grow that, He will. Yeah. He absolutely will. So the people that built these buildings, these are beautiful buildings, they just miss the point. They put all that effort into the building rather than the people who are the actual framework of the the ministry that God has built. Matthew 23, in verses 27 and 28, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Hmm. You say, what does that have to do with what you just talked about? Well, relax, I'll connect it. What Jesus is teaching here is that you can be as clean as possible on the outside. You can look great. That building looked great. took my breath away when I walked in. literally did. You can look like you're all put together on the outside. You can even be up here preaching and teaching. You can be the Pharisees, the standard of of religion in that time. You can look the part. But not be living up to what God is calling you to do. Our first first focus has to be inward on ourselves a little bit here. Now, I'm not saying don't think about other people. I'm saying that if you aren't working on your own personal spiritual life, if you are not trying to be a better Christian in your everyday life, then it'd probably be a little bit dangerous for you to go out there and get too crazy. <laughs> Wouldn't it? If you're not thinking about it at all and you're, you're just going along, along the path like it's not a big deal if you... Uh, live against something that God has laid a law about, then you might actually go out and do more harm than good. And I don't want anybody to do that. I don't think that's what you guys are here to do either. We want to be purposeful in the ministry that we do. It does not like when I stand here. I'm going to move over here. Is that cool? That spot just hates me. Whoever this is, I'm stealing it. I'm sorry. Is this Dave? Sorry, Dave. Deal with it. Where is he? Oh, he's not in here. I love you, Dave. I was just kidding. I was just kidding, man. I love you. This is a light and a half right there. My goodness. All right. So th- that whole scripture there talking about, you know, woe to you. you uh, Whitewashed sepulchers, if you read it in the New King, or the King James, you've probably heard that term before. Uh, you can be as clean on the outside as you want to be, but until you surrendered yourself to Jesus, it doesn't really make all that much difference. You'll just have a cleaner than usual corpse. I know, that's a little <laughs> gruesome, but that, I, that's what's at stake here. So I, I, that's, just, that's what it is. The real temples actually end up being our, ourselves. That's where God places His value, where, where, where He resides. He's, he's left the physical building and gone into His people, left the brick and mortar, gone to the flesh and the blood. And that's, a, that's amazing news for each of us. The, I'll take our factory building filled with people on fire for Jesus over the most beautiful or innate, traditionally built building of all time. I'll take our low ceiling here that I can hit with a room full of people that love and care about Jesus and love and care about each other and are willing to put his principles into practice in their life. I'll take that every time, every single time. It's not about the building. It's about the church, the growth of the church and the delivering of the gospel of Jesus Christ is not dependent on the building we find ourselves in, but the building that we allow Christ to do in us. Amen. So before we get super far into it, I want to ask you guys, are you even willing to allow Jesus to do the work in you that needs to be done? Amen. Are you? Amen. Yep. I hope you are, because sometimes that can take you to real extremes in your life. Sometimes that can cause you to have to change something pretty big in your life. Are you willing to let go of that one thing you've been holding on to? You say, how do you know about that? Well, I don't know about that. The Holy Spirit just convicted you about that. That's not on my That's not my fault. That's on you, man. You need to pray, all right? That's not on me. But are we even willing to do that in the first place? And, I, and some of you I know are. I hope you are. But maybe some of you have reservations. And I want to tell you, that's okay to feel that, that reservation, to feel that mm, maybe not. It's not okay to let that stop you. It's not okay to let that keep you from who God is calling you to be what are you building your soul's foundation on if you if you don't check in with yourself every now and then and ask that question then I I believe you should and you can look at and we just talked about in our membership class this morning your time talent treasure talk you want to do a quick test of how you're doing of who you're giving your life to what do you spend most of your time doing where you give your talents where does your money get spent on how do you talk to other people? You Answer those questions. You might not like how all those answers come out. You might. But either way, it'll give you a good idea of where you're at. But don't feel too bad if you've been caught up in that building before. If you've been caught up in that idea of what a church should look like or what the building should be. It's happened a lot of times. Because what I think happens is we can touch the... I wasn't planning on touching the ceiling twice in this message, but <laughs> I can touch the ceiling it's right here. If you give me enough two-by-fours and screws, I can build a deck. You might not want to walk on that deck forever um, until, someone, until Wayne comes out and fixes it. But, uh, but I could throw something together and put my hands on it. It's right there. So it's a lot easier to believe in, in the physical. Well, the building is right here, so of course we should incorporate our relationship with God directly into the building. That's an easy trap to fall into, isn't it? directly around us all the time it's a comfort and something that you can control I can control what the building looks like much more easily than I can control what all of us say during the week can't I in fact I would argue that what we say throughout the week and keeping tabs on that would take much more energy from each one of us than it would to even build a new building (laughs) because that's every day I have to be thinking about what I'm thinking about Every day I have to be comparing myself up to, am I living to what the Scriptures are calling me to? Every day I have to be putting in new Scriptures into my mind or, or old ones you thought you knew that you need to read again. Every day I have to have this prayer life and it's a it just gets tedious sometimes, but it's, it's worth it. Hmm. People have been misunderstanding that relationship for a long time between building and ministry in John chapter 2 Jesus and disciples they show up in Jerusalem for a Passover festival and this is if you've heard the Jesus flipping tables this is the uh, this is the scripture people misquote to say it's okay to be mad um, because they want to go be mad about something that is not what Jesus was mad about at the time and they want to misappropriate that whatever that's I can't stop people from doing that but right after he had flipped some tables it's John 2 18 says What sign can you show to us to prove your authority to do all of this? Basically, that's a Bible way of saying, Who in the world do you think you are? That's what they just said right there. Who do you think you are? Come in here flipping our tables. And it goes on to say, Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. And they replied, It's taken 46 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it again in three days? But the temple he's spoken of was his body. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said, and they believed the Scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. The Pharisees had the same delusion and misguidance as that cathedral builder might have, as someone who gets too focused on a building might have. The same mess up there, the same miscommunication. They assumed that Jesus saying he would destroy the temple meant the physical temple they saw right in front of them, that they could touch the stone and the rock that they could put their hands on, but he wasn't talking about that at all because he said he could rebuild it again in three days. Now, they must have thought that this guy's crazy. Not only crazy, they probably thought he was disrespectful too. 46 years a long time, especially back then. Some people probably gave their whole, not probably, some people gave their whole lives for that, to that. 46 years. They figured that the value of the building, listen to this please, that the value of the building could not be replicated in three days' time. That's the the hubris, the overconfidence they had. Could you imagine staring the Messiah in the face, lecturing Him about 46 years, (laughs) and what could be done in that time, and what couldn't? The, The Jesus that was present when creation was spoken into existence. (laughs) And to be quoting 46 years to him. And even more so that they didn't realize that the very Jesus who stood in front of them was going to be the means to their salvation. Talk about missing the point. It's almost terrifying to me how much they missed the point because the same blood that runs through their veins runs through mine and yours and all of ours. And that means we can miss the point too. Hmm. We can be tricked into clinging to the physical because it's safe, but Jesus is calling them to see beyond the building in front of them, to see what he is building for them. See how you just change your perspective and all of a sudden it's it's a completely different it's a completely different sentence. To avoid falling into this trap here, I want to encourage us all to remember what the greatest gift given ever has been. Jesus is the greatest gift you're ever going to receive. You've heard me say that before. I'll say it again. You'll hear me say it many more times going into the future. Jesus is the greatest gift you're ever going to receive. Houses are great. Cars are great. Material things are great. It, trust me, if you don't have a car, you understand how nice it is to have a car. If you don't have a house, you understand how nice it is to have a house. 5.3 million people have, don't have a house that they had one last week. If, one, if all of a sudden you don't have those things, it matters that you don't have them. But I'm telling you, if all of a sudden you don't have Jesus, it matters way more. It's a much more significant loss in your life if you decide to leave him behind. And it's a much significant, much greater significance gain in your life when you decide to surrender to him, when you decide to really give your life to him. It's the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. If you want to have a better 2023 than you did 2022, then surrender yourself to Jesus. Now, it, won't, it might not be easier I didn't say that. Right. Don't misinterpret when I said better. It doesn't always mean better in the way you think it's going to be better. That, that's, and I know, that's the crazy part. Sometimes it means way better than you thought it could have been. Other times you go through these valleys and you wonder what in the world's going on. But either way, if you have Jesus on the mountaintop or the valley, you're doing, you're doing significantly better than someone without him, than someone who has turned him away. We're called to be ambassadors to the world around us. For Christ, but you can't be an ambassador for a nation unless you're a citizen of that nation. <laughs> we wouldn't send someone, uh, someone out to go be an ambassador unless we knew what they thought and knew what they believed, because we would want them to represent our values wherever they're going into the foreign land. Now, wouldn't we? Hmm. Funny how that works, isn't it? So I'm inviting you this morning. If you're not a, if you're not a believer. If you are just seeking right now and you've found your way into the church or maybe you've believed for a while and maybe your belief has, has waned and you've seen things happen and you're just, eh. Someone asked you about Jesus, that's your response. Eh. Or maybe you've never really gotten serious about it. I'm encouraging you to take that next step today because th- that's how all of this this works. It, you can, and I'll hear me out here. Don't, don't misinterpret. The only thing that God allows to limit him is the, is our free will? Now follow me here. That's in the micro, in the small sense. You can you can stop God from being a part of your life if you want to, just because He's given you that that freedom. You didn't earn that. You're not powerful. Don't get a big head. Uh, you're, you're, that's not because of you. It's because how much He loves you. He wants that to be a choice back, right? In the macro, God justice will be done. It, it, he will rule in the end, and there's nothing you can do to stop that. But our free will comes into play pretty often. And so there's this loophole that people look for to kind of explain this whole situation. They say, well, Jesus said my body's, a, you know, that I, I'm going to tear my temple down. He's talking about his body. He's just talking about himself. That doesn't apply to me, right? That doesn't apply to myself today in 2023. That's something he said a long time ago. And I'm so glad that we have the scripture to look at and study to figure out, how things are correlated, how things are connected, and how they've lived on, how these words and these, this, not advice, but wisdom has lived on and moved throughout time. Check this out in 1 Corinthians 6.19. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. God is actually interested in your physical and your mental health. He's interested in your attitude and how you talk to other people. He's interested in how you treat each other, your thoughts, your desires, your plans. He's interested in all of those things. But in much more of an intimate way, he's interested in, are you willing to surrender to me? Are you willing to give your life to me every single day? In 100 years, your house probably won't be there. We definitely won't be here. I mean, me, physically. I'll be, I'm not going to make it to 132. So I'm not going to be here in 100 years. Maybe my kids, but probably not. It'll be their kids and their kids. Yeah. So instead of trying to build up this the house, the cars, the stuff, the building, <laughs> what if we built up the next generation of believers yeah. and the next generation of yeah. believers and the next one yeah. so that when we're gone, there's still a group of people here yeah. and they might not even know our names They might not even know who we are. There might be a couple family members here. Maybe not. Maybe God has moved in a crazy way and things have happened. But that there would be a group of people that that would know about Jesus because of something that we've done with our lives, that God's done through us. Wouldn't that be amazing? Not that they would say, there's that beautiful church they built. But hey, there's the church that moves and is saving people. And we don't really remember who the pastor was in 2023, but we know that the work that they were supposed to do, they did because we're here. Wouldn't it be awesome if we had all the facts? I wish I could do this, but I know it's, it's possible, but it's very difficult. You can actually take historical... Uh, when, when there's an ordination service, they ordain a, a pastor, and, and they, they tell him, you're an elder now in the church of Nazarene. It makes you feel old because they use the word elder. And I'm like, I'm not an elder, but I am an elder all at the same time. What's cool is you can actually track that all the way back. And even if we, if we had the technology, each of us could track back if there's a Christian... In our lives, you can probably track that back to someone who, who told them about the gospel, told them about the gospel, told them, all the way back to the disciples. It'd be really cool to know that. And we'd probably just use that to split into segments and say, well, I'm a, I'm a John descendant and I'm a Peter descendant or whatever. But I digress. It still would be cool to know that. That's how the gospel is spread, person to person, relationship to relationship, soul to soul. Yeah. Sometimes it's one-on-one. Sometimes it's in a setting like this. Sometimes it's at a youth camp. Sometimes it's at a revival service. Uh, Asbury's on fire right now, not literally, but for spiritually. Yeah. I've been hearing stories come out of there that I'm like, "Wow, that is what I'm talking about right oh, there. That is that, that I'm excited about that." Started a what day they started on? Had a chapel service Wednesday, and I, is it still going? Yeah. It's still going. I, it's not Wednesday, you guys anymore. I'm pretty sure it's not. Or we all have bad calendars, but it's still rolling. There's actually other schools that have sent people down there, people are, are it's funny how when God moves people gravitate toward it, yeah. isn't it? And I'm not saying I'm not a big fan of copy paste when it comes to the ministry and God moving. I think God moves in certain places purposely. Yeah. So I'm not saying that you can just say, oh that's wonderful what happened to that school, so we're gonna do it at this school or we're gonna do it in this church. I'm not asking you to stay here until Friday. Um, if God so moves though, well that'd be all right. But I don't I don't think God's asking for this cut and paste type of thing. I think what he's doing what happens is When when we love God, love people, love bringing them together. I hate to say the same thing over and over again, but it's true. A group of people who love God got together, and maybe some of them didn't love Him, or maybe some of them did, but they they were all together, united there, and God decided to move. And and something amazing is happening there. I believe God's moving here too, in a different way. I see it every week. I see it in every conversation I have with you all about people that want to step up people that want to want to do the Lord's work they want to be involved i see it all it's been a really fun couple of months to be uh to be leading the church it really has been and that's because you guys have been responding to to what god is calling us to do wouldn't it be awesome if when someone left my presence they would know that i'm a christian and that the holy spirit had taken residence in my heart yeah. right. not because of the cross necklace i wore right. Right. or the jesus shirt Nothing wrong with those. Nothing wrong with them. Not because I watched The Chosen last week. Nothing wrong with The Chosen. It's good. Not even because I happen to be carrying a Bible. But because of how I treated them and how God was there in the interaction I had with them. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Forget about the physical and the stuff. It's not going to it's not going to get you anywhere. Start focusing on allowing God to do the necessary work in your, in your spiritual lives to be built up and to be stronger. That's, like, that's the top reason why one of our big initiatives for this year are the life point groups. If you were here last week, we talked about life point groups. They're, uh, our small groups, basically. We want to continue to build those out, add a few new ones. And last week, I didn't say this, I forgot to say it. But I, this time next year, I would love to see, and I might have said it, but I forgot I said it. <laughs> would that be fun? I forgot my own sermon. But I want to see, now 60%, can anybody do the fraction on 60%? I can't, it's fine, don't feel bad. It's three-fifths, I think, right? Yeah, three out of five. If three out of five people were in a small group from this church, that would mean 60% were in it. That doesn't sound like a lot, does it? <laughs> you see that? Everybody were quiet. It doesn't sound like a lot, does it? No, no, we can do 60%, you guys. We could have 60% of us involved in a small group. Now, that's not the limit. That's what I'd like to see as the minimum. Now, you're saying, why do you want to do that? Not so I can come back here next year and say, guys, we had 75% of us in a small group, and we're, we're better than X church because we did that. No, that's not why. Because I know that when groups of people get together to study the Word and to support each other, and to care about each other, that God's going to move and work in those scenarios. I know that for a fact. I've seen it happen too many times to deny it. And so when I push you toward those things, it's not because I just want stats. It's because I want to see people's lives changed. And I want to see the effect of that life change. Could we leave behind the physical trappings of the world around us? Because truthfully, they're only anchors dragging us down to our deaths. Could we leave that behind and understand... How God made us. And that He made us to be where His where His Spirit dwells. Yeah. I, I cannot say that with enough importance. I can't say that with enough meaning. That's how He chose to do this thing. And we get to be a part of it. Instead of focusing on the stuff, the cars, the buildings, the things we can accumulate, what if instead we spent our time on this earth allowing God to build us into exactly who He is? desires us to be if we stepped out of the way and surrender and let him change us if we let a chapel service start on Wednesday and end whenever he wants it to if we gave our lives to whatever he was calling us to Amen. even if it didn't make sense even if it was scary even if it was countercultural we wouldn't want to be countercultural would we <laughs> all to spread his message so that people would know who he is. And that people would, if you walked into the room and people said, oh, thank, thank the Lord, <laughs> there's somebody that's going to breathe life. Right. If they, If you walked into the room and people just saw Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us this week and checking out our sermon series. If you look back on our database, you'll see that there's lots of other sermons from the last couple of years if you want to check some of those out. If you want to know more about our church, you can find that out on gpcchurch.com or .org, built to take you to the same place, and that'll get you into connection with anyone on our staff. If there's any way we can help or pray for you or help provide for a physical need or whatever it is that's going on in your life, let us know. Uh, we're trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus so anytime we can help somebody and we have the opportunity, we try to capitalize on that and, and be him to, to the people around us. So thank you for joining us for our sermon series, and I hope you have a blessed week.